Truths with Sam Buchanan. All around the country, fanatical groups meet in secret to practice forbidden rituals and plot their rise to power. Their aim, a world without gods and a world without sacrifice. It's been called the Tree of Spite and the CLS, the Rancorous Oak, the Many Below, and here in the peninsula, this dangerous terrorist cult has a new name, the Wound Tree. It's struck in our prisons, in our factories, in our farms. The children of the Wound Tree claim to oppose industrial-scale sacrifice. But does its influence <clears throat> in fact render regular acts of worship inaccessible to marginalized citizens? Worse yet, could it hand to the Linker Streets the chance of victory they've been looking for? And in an era of cynicism towards divine sacrifice, how can we recapture the sense of community pride and selfless service that once defined the people of the peninsula? Earlier this morning, as the first wave of drafting raids began in the Southwestern Territory, Adjudicator Gore was forced to call for calm over fears that our indentured soldiers could deliberately brand themselves in the Wound Tree's prayer mark in order to sow chaos in the peninsula's camps and on the front lines. Tonight, we'll be doing a deep dive into the topic and giving you all the facts you need to think of your mind. I'll be speaking to Adjudicator Shrew of the Northwest, who's butted heads with policymakers more than once on this particular issue. I understand. I do understand the concerns, Sam, but the legislatures should not be making potentially hazardous decisions about our enlisted military personnel based on exaggeration and hearsay. I'll also be speaking with radio star and director Leonard Trunce about an upcoming blockbuster serial, Carly Cape, The Rise of Pulchritude, which will be airing right here on GGR This Fathoms. We'll be discussing, in a polarized age of extremism and division, what is the function of art? There's going to be more action. Everything needs to feel bigger, but also lots of big ideas as well. We know there's increased pressure on our industrial building right now. We know that we're being asked to find additional sacrifices. But we have to ensure that those sacrifices are sustainable, warranted, and fair. Then, on the other side of the coin, we have something like the wound tree. We have this fast-growing extremist movement that is clearly very alluring and which is driving some of our young people towards a very dangerous path. How do you know you've gone too far? What you have to understand is that these people are expressing a real and legitimate anger that's been dormant in our society for too long. An anger at a rate of sacrifice which is unsustainable and a choice of sacrifice, which all too often hurts the most vulnerable among us. We have hollowed out our country from the bottom in the name of maintaining our ruling base. That's not a radical ideology. That's not extremism. It's a simple and tangible truth. And what we need to be doing is looking at how to tackle that problem, to demonstrate that there are alternative solutions in our governing Adjudicator, would you agree that a god must be? No, Sam, let me finish. Because the conversation about how and why we feed the divine machinery of our nation is something that's been coming for a long time. Adjudicator, must a god feed? I, I don't want to get into these gotcha questions. Must a god feed? Sam, I don't want Must to. a god a feed? A god must serve. A god must be. A god must be fed. But if we do not resolve these qualities ourselves within the rule of law, then we have to accept the natural, awful consequence in something like the wound tree. I will. 
the tree of spite, or as our opponents in the peninsula are calling it, the wound tree. And for our courageous listeners in the peninsula, friend, you will not be surprised that your government is telling you some goddamned colossal lies. We've got the evidence. The peninsulan government manufactured the wound tree in one of its hidden god-making labs. They attempted to set it loose in the CLS as an act of war, and inevitably it backfired on them. How do we know this? Well, think about it. The children of the wound tree say they don't like sacrifice. They say it's cruel. We've heard this stuff a hundred times before. The CLS Conclave is currently considering legislation that would require all sacrifices to be muzzled, restrained, and blindfolded a week before the ceremony itself as a safety precaution against the wound tree. If you were really concerned about the welfare of sacrificial victims, well, you're making things worse for them by doing this. How is that helping them? It's obvious. They're plants. Pardon the pun. saw Bellwethers after the wither mark went off. Hayward did, and he says it was worse than this, which is difficult, honestly, to believe. By the time our scouts found the ruins of this town, now deep beyond the borders of civilized life, there were no longer any crab angels or colossal tentacled anemones or writhing saints of silt. And the White Gull River itself had drained back into the soil, leaving only a rich, tarry crust of mud and weeds and detritus scattered around the ruined crimson streets. The houses had rotted away, losing their shapes, the roofs caving inwards, the walls sagging under the weight of dying barnacles. It was an empty town, a sodden driftwood offering left for us to find. We'd been on the run for days, with our increasingly visible and uncontrollable group of prison escapees trailing out behind us. We were running out of time. We needed a miracle, and we'd found one. And that gave Hayward confidence. It made me so afraid, seeing just how quickly things can change. This place had made headlines once. A god had risen to claim these streets. Now it was already forgotten, and its purpose had been lost. A wretched, broken ruin, dried out and stained with crimson silt and overgrown with creeping ivy, scoured by the whispering god storms that came raging down from the hungering territories the polluted lands to the west, as forlorn and lifeless as any landscape in the wake of a terrible flood. But nobody's going to find us there, Hayward said. It was true enough that the remnants of Bellwethers would make a secure hiding place for the mad and desperate. This was a ruin that had long been cleansed from the maps, abandoned to the wilds. At some point in the past year, They'd shifted the border eastwards to exclude it. The highway that had once led to Bellwethers was already overgrown and blocked off with rough thorn-filled hedgerows and climbing rhododendron. 
in dedication to the boundary gods that had been planted there. The road signs were smashed, or scrawled over, with a single, simple warning. Unlivable. Someone else had tried to claim it, the scout told us. Months before we arrived. Maybe even more than one group, party after party, making pilgrimage to this place at the end of the world. Their camp beds and their beseeching prayer marks were still here, abandoned in the ruins. But the people themselves had moved on, or they'd been devoured by the storm. And there we were, following in their footsteps, with a stolen army lorry filled with guns and gas masks and industrial shielding tents. Nowhere else to run. Just desperate enough to try. We renamed the place. Tried our best to shed its skin. Forget what it had been and who it had belonged to. We called it the Grace. By collective vote. We've been living out here ever since. In this forgotten, sunken carcass of a town that lingers on in the dead man's land between the peninsula and the godwild hills to the northwest where nothing can ever be trusted to stay the same. We hang our laundry on the dried-out coral corpses. We make our beds in the hollowed-out spiral shells and the ruined homes alike. We've built a greenhouse and a hatchery, and some of our bunkhouses have electricity now and we built barricades around the encampment with wrecked-out cars that would hold off any attackers for at least ten or so minutes. My god isn't even murdering owls or gulls or whales anymore, as far as I can tell. But we stick to root vegetables, eggs, and milk, curbing our predators' instincts for safety's sake. And every once in a while, one of us forgets to put on their gas mask, or they don't zip up their tent flaps properly overnight, and we die in horrible pain while shrieking the praises of a nameless and unknowable thing. Twice a day or more, those winds roll through the streets from the northwest. A shrieking storm of violet and crimson scours the buildings and eats away at the concrete, whispering in our ears begging to be fed. When the winds pass, they leave heaps of wet gray-white ash behind in the gutters and gathering on the rooftops, long-dead offerings turned to divine excrement. We keep the starving gods at bay with the loudspeakers of the town, plugged into our single working generator and a stack full of stolen CDs taken from our raids into the farmlands. Nothing can endure beyond the border, they say, without losing its shape. We're keeping our shape here, in the Grace, about as well as we can. But every single day, it gets harder. Widow of Wounds, Queen of Spite, Mother of Martyred Flesh. Good morning, Dan. Blessed Widow, did the tree visit you with visions of triumph in the night? Not last night, but I'll let everyone know just as soon as. Soon, soon the tree will speak, and the oppressors and the high priests and the hungering gods themselves will shiver at the final instrument of their undoing. Okay, well... Officer Edward Penton! What? 
He was the very cruelest of the oppressors against me. He shall shiver too, widow, when the tree speaks. I pray night and day to the tree, widow, that my hand will draw the marks of my revolt against him, that my flesh shall take the great shape of my revenge upon Officer Edward Penton. When I wrap my arms about him, and the tree surges forth from my body into his, we shall show him fear. We shall show him fear, widow. All right. Uh, I'm late for a meeting, Dan. We will keep vigil here, Widow. We shall wait for your return. Okay, Dan. I'm going to be like an hour or so, though. So, uh, I'll go inside. Get yourself a snack. Stop hanging around like a fucking Widow. freak outside my fucking house, maybe? Widow! Blessed Widow of Wounds! We will show them fear! He's the king of the mountains! Uh, Central, I have eyes on the Widow of Wounds. She is entering the main compound now. Glad to see you up. Hey, Alice. Looks like you've been through it. Window seal broke in the night. Wild God got into one of the chickens. It changed and it slaughtered the rest of the roast. Had to barbecue the lot of them. Where's that leave us? We'll need to make another run into the farmland soon. Get our hands on a few more birds. The root keeper. He said he'd approve the request. Well... There are a lot of troops moving north along the roads right now, so... We do just... We need to be careful, Alice. We've got enough canned goods in the storeroom to last us a while longer. Maybe. Maybe. I told the root keeper we could do with our own protection out here. Some prayer wards on the walls and floor, maybe. Our very own god of the roost. He said he'd think about it. I don't think he really meant that, Alice. I mean, the tree wouldn't mind, would it? A little supplemental worship? It's not competition, not really. We need to be practical. That's what I said to him. We don't We had our own watching god at the farm back home. I told Rootkeeper that. Tom Sharpie, we called him, and he kept his eye on the rabbits and chickens and saw that the foxes stayed well away. He was an old god. A respectable deity. Not like these new ones. He didn't ask for too much. He wasn't greedy. Tree wouldn't have anything against him. A god like him. A little deity. A quiet thing. I know Dan wouldn't like it, but the problem with Dan is he's not reasonable. And when times get tough, when we're grubbing in the soil to make things grow, that's when you need reasonable people to lead the way. Alice, He's I... not the sort of god we're opposing. It doesn't need to be a person. That's what I don't think he understands. We kept Tom fed on chickens. He took his prize and we took ours. 
It wasn't exploiting anyone. It wasn't harming That's anyone. enough, Alice. We'll let you know about the farmland's run in due course. We were sorry to miss you at morning prayers again, widow. Yesterday, too. Maybe tomorrow? Okay, so, how much more room do we realistically need? Can we wait for the excavation work to finish, or do we need to be looking at expanding the compound walls? The bunk rooms are nearly at capacity as it is. We can have a few day shift volunteers sleep on bedrolls over here, or in the hatchery for as long as we need to, but we really need to start thinking about carving out space for a proper infirmary. A quarantine zone, if folks start getting really sick. The old fire station's mostly intact, and it's secure. No more than a five-minute walk to the compound. We could treat it as a secondary headquarters, expand from there. Uh, Powell said he saw an angel moving up near the fire station last week. Could be he was getting spooked, but I'd still rather give that whole region some distance until we can be certain. In that case, Root Keeper, we need to look at digging faster. If any of the scouting parties can find us proper equipment, that could really help. Okay, uh, we'll see what we can do. Alright, uh, what's next on the agenda? You should have fucking woken me. Elgin, you can put that in the minutes as the Widow of Wounds joined the meeting feeling rested and refreshed after a well-deserved full night's sleep. It was all okay, honestly. We figured you were tired, and Elgin handled the morning prayer herself. Were they angry? They were more than happy with Elgin. They liked hearing from her. Paige, I'm really glad you slept. Come on, we've got a few items left. <clears throat> Back to you, Elgin. What's next? The Brain Trust wants to know if you've read their latest chapters. I have. I loved it. Do they want more than that? Maybe, uh, a little more direction? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm no intellectual. I'm not a thinker. But it seems to me that their conception of an essentially anti-sacrificial, essentially godless society was hugely detailed on the proposed national level. But less so when it comes to a scalable blueprint that communities can take on themselves at a, a local level. Know what I mean? What do you think, Paige? I'd say it's sort of, uh... Glib, glossy narcissism that ignores the difficult task of finding a clean break away from what's come before. A heaped web of references and counter-references to other academic material in constant shrieking avoidance of lived reality. A self-satisfied journey through the author's favorite utopian intangibles and personal grudges against his fellow utopians. Not in those words, but, um, it's rough, I'll admit that. They've got a ways to go yet. But, we've got to have a vision for what comes after. <laughs> and if... Half a dozen white-collar criminals sitting in a stolen radiation tent can't beat the philosophers of all recorded history and coming up with a foolproof blueprint for a better world? Maybe... Maybe at least they can manage a workable first draft? What do you think? Whatever you think. Okay. Um, uh, next item. Last item, in fact. A few of the disciples from Northeastern are petitioning for a name change. They don't like the wound tree. We changed it once already. We're not changing it again. People will get confused. It's still spreading as the tree of spite in the CLS. They think a show of international unity can only strengthen the cause. They are doing well in the CLS. They're doing better than us. <sighs> the issue is the word spite. That's not... That's not how we understand this god. That's not how it revealed itself to us. 
The focus needs to be on justice. It can't be about revenge. I think they understand that, Rootkeeper. They just believe unity is more important if the movement is going to survive. I'll talk to them. Uh, can we ask them to come find me later in the canteen? Yes, of course. Thank you. Okay, anything else before we head out? I've got one surprise item. Anything from you? There is something I need to talk to you about, actually. Um, Elgin, I'm really sorry. I woke up in a hurry. Can I just ask for a coffee or something? Yes, Widow, of course. No, no. Come on, hey. That's not how we do things. Elgin, sit back down. Everything in these meetings goes on record. That's for posterity, and it's for transparency. That's how a better world starts. What was the item, Paige? Okay. I just wanted to tell you that I can't go on like this. Milk in the coffee? Black, as always. Thank you, Elgin. Patience there could have gone a long way. Transparency, you said. That's how a better world starts. In the name of transparency, did you hit the bottle hard last night? Okay, so, will you talk to me? What's going on? It's nothing new. You know how I feel. You're probably sick of hearing about it. The weight just keeps piling up. What comes after? A better world to come. It's so stupid. It's all so painfully, hopelessly stupid. Because there's not going to be any after, is there? Every time someone comes up to me and starts opining about the greatness of the Wound Tree or the importance of our cause or the better world we're building together, I just want to scream at them. Stop lying to yourself. You're with me in the flames, and you're fucking burning alive, and you need to get out. Fucking run, because this is all going to end in a hail of bullets and a heap of very righteous corpses. It doesn't matter if this was meaningful to you. It doesn't matter if you found purpose in the decency and the defiance and planting seeds in the poisoned ground in a ruined city at the end of the world. This ends in death. And when we are dead, you will all become dead traitors and murderers who got what was coming to them, and the purpose you thought you'd found will be lost and repurposed against you. It could all end that way, sure. But if there's a chance of it ending any other way, it begins with courage. It has to. <laughs> it begins with courage. <laughs> it's a good line. You should work it into the next chapters. They'll go crazy for it. But it doesn't help me. And I don't think it helps you either. Everything's gotten so, so much more complicated than that. For both of us. We've outgrown the slogans, but we have to keep on performing them. Let me ask you something, Hayward. Do you remember everybody's names in camp? Well, I try to. No, I... but seriously. How long has it been since you could remember everybody's names? Since you felt like you knew 
all of the people around us. And if we don't know them, how are we meant to put our trust in them? How long is it going to be until the first of our people turns on us? We can't think or like that. Or what happens when someone decides they've had enough of living out here, but we know damned well we can't trust them not to sell us out? Are we going to find a place to lock them up? Are we going to put a bullet in their head? What's the plan, exactly? You're not naive, Paige. You knew what we were getting into. This isn't something that can happen without a few hard choices, without making a few... Sacrifices? Just saying the word doesn't make us like them. But this is the thing we need to kill, Hayward. It, it lives on in tongues. It, it speaks in hymns of sorrow and joy, and that's how it outlasts us. And the longer this all goes on, the more obvious it becomes that we were always going to lose to it, because its song is forever rising in our throats, even when we rail against it. And in the hard choices, that becomes inescapably clear. Of course, for all I know, that moment has come and gone already, and you just hid it from me. We've had scouts in the forests who didn't come back. Have you been making hard choices, Hayward? I'll be honest with you, if you want me to. But as I see it, my job is trying to keep the weight off of you as much as I can. Because you're taking on far too much already. We have accomplished so much more out here than I ever could have imagined possible. But there's no comfort. There's nothing we can grow outside the shadows already cast. Not even here, in a dead city, an unwanted place. There's nothing we can build that cannot be retaken and repurposed. There's no song we can sing that doesn't become a hosanna to our enemy's triumph. In every compromise we make out here, it draws us further back to them. The rot creeps into everything. Do I sound ungrateful? You sound like someone who's put an impossible weight on her own shoulders for the bravest of reasons. I, yeah, I, I know. It doesn't help. Okay, what do you want to do? <laughs> well, I, I can't kill myself, obviously. Okay, good to know that's the first choice. I mean, I've started considering it, Hayward. Not with any kind of urgency. You don't need to worry. It wouldn't help, of course. And I know that. Because I'm already branded by this thing we made. I belong to it now. What would even happen? Would my god let me die? I don't want you to be afraid of it. That defeats the purpose. I am so grateful to you for everything, Hayward. But it is far, far too late for that. I'm frightened all the time. And I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I am... Honestly, not sick of hearing about it, you know.
Paige. Hmm? You want to see a real miracle? I heard about the chickens. I... No, not, not that. Something good. You've gone home. I came back. Hey, Hayward, um, found me in the woods. I have, uh, an entire litany of questions. <laughs> That's, uh, very understandable. Want to tell me how all of this happened? Um, sure. It's all kind of a mess. It's all sort of tangled and... I've got the time. First, they told me I'd caused an international incident. And uh, then they told me I was in shock. being back here. Like I'm always ending up back where I started. Like I don't ever seem to recognize the place once I come back to it. The endless spiral and the endless road. And the trawler man? I don't see him here, amongst the ruins. Only the bones left by his passing. Which is a hard thing, a very hard thing, to make any sense of. He's meant to be eternal. He's meant to be enduring. Her people are doing good out here, though. That's obvious, even at a glance. There's something here. <laughs> a bold new social experiment coming to you live from the very worst place in the world. Hayward says that's an unhelpful description. All we told them at the start was, if you're coming with us, no one dies in the name of anyone's god. Not even volunteers. 
We didn't intend more than that. But people started saying, well, there's more to it, right? There has to be more to it. What does a life without sacrifice look like? A world without gods. Or just one god, anyway. Our prayer meetings are getting more and more confrontational. We've got a few hardliners who say the ultimate aim should be to live without them at all. Starve them out, end our reliance upon them altogether. Others say that maybe the Wound Tree should remain as the one true god in the last refuge of worship, since it only feeds upon death itself. A few more are arguing for a reset. That in time, without human interference, we can go back to worshipping according to the old ways, without excess and undue harm. And then there are the pragmatists who say we should just focus on trying to stay alive, whatever the cost. What's that? Four schisms in a faith that's six months old? How many people are you hiding out here? Now? <laughs> I think... maybe 60? Fuck, it keeps on growing. Hayward's got his trusted officers now, off the back of the Allman's jailbreak. They go out into the countryside, looking for farms, factories, anywhere that's likely to need sacrifice. When we free them, we give them a choice. Go your own way, or come and join us to see what a better world could look like. But either way, the decision will be permanent. We've had maybe... 11 failures in the field. Maybe more. And that means losing our best people each time. And we've had five successes. And each time, that means a new wave of disciples who we do not know and can't rely on. Widow! Blessed widow of wounds! Oh god, kill me. I pray that the tree has spoken to you in dreams of ecstasy and wonder. I pray that he has visited you with his vision for our assault upon the carrion fates of the false government- Like I already said this morning, Dan. Nothing last night, and nothing the night before. And it's not a he, either. I will keep praying, Widow. I will pray that he visits you soon. Unlikely, I think. We will show them fear. You go ahead and do that, Dan. Why is he calling you that? Widow of Wounds? Hayward's idea. We were struggling at first until he came up with it. Nobody trusted us. A lot of people still thought the whole thing was a sabotage attempt from across the border. They'd seen the news reports. They thought of it as a foreign god. So we made up a story, and we changed the name to make it palatable. The Widow of Wounds lost her one true love to a breach of contract and a lawful sacrifice. And as she wept before the grave, the first buds of the wound tree stretched out around her and formed a bower to shelter her from the falling rain. It's tragic. It's compelling. People understand it. They sympathize with it. It keeps us safe. I hate her. Quite a lot. I just didn't want to lie. Hayward says you can't build anything real without a little performance. And I tell him we can't build anything new on the back of the same old deceptions. We disagree on just about everything these days. If he wasn't so... Fucking infuriatingly cordial, this whole thing would have fallen apart months ago. Do you trust him? Strangely enough, 
More than anyone, I think. The hope's what changed him. It's filling his lungs like he's breathing a better kind of air. It's giving him lightness and it's given him grace. He's found his courage and his decency. He's become a better version of himself and I'm so thrilled to see that change in him. And I'm so ashamed not to have found it in myself. <laughs> no, uh, actually it's worse than that, you know? I'm ashamed that I've come to resent him for his growth because I don't feel any different. I don't feel like I've changed. But I don't want to be hoodwinked by hope either. I don't want to view any of this as stable or any of these people as true allies of mine. And I don't want to anticipate any possibility of success. I want to be ready for the moment when all of this falls apart. And I know that we've failed. When we started out, I thought this god could be a weapon for other people to use. A way for any stray victim to strike upwards at their victimizer. Now, it turns out it's not a weapon, it's a cause. And that means I have to keep acting the part of the leader, even as they change the entire thing out from under me. I'm not in control anymore. But I'm bound to it, and I have to stand there and watch them yanking it about in opposing directions. Do you dream, Carpenter? Most nights. You, uh, might want to take something before you go to sleep. I've got my own remedies. There's voices in the wind out here. Old gods, lingering in the dirt, coming in from the west. Everyone has bad dreams in the grace. Nobody gets enough rest. It's the only constant. You told your friend back there that you weren't dreaming. I see it every night, Carpenter. I just can't tell them about it. It's about the one thing Hayward and I agree on. The tree. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a tree. A great black oak with branches that split the sky apart like lightning. And as I gaze up towards it, its roots coil around my ankles and my waist, and it lifts me high into the sky, and it speaks to me. What does it say? It tells me it hates us all. It sings of sorrow and spite. It tells me that we've all hurt each other. We're all tainted by the pain we've caused. There isn't one innocent left amongst us. And there has to be a reckoning for that. Carpenter? Uh, hey, Carpenter. What's uh, wrong? Just bone tired still, I think. Sorry. Didn't mean to scare you. Okay. Okay, well, let me walk you to the canteen, and we can get you some food. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food sounds good. Hayward wanted to cook you a welcome lunch. 
just to warn you, he's going to make it awkward. All around the country, fanatical groups meet in secret to practice forbidden rituals and plot their rise to power. Their aim? A world without God and a world without sacrifice. <laughs> it's been called the Tree of Spite in the CLS, the Rancorous Oak, the Many Below, and here in the peninsula, this dangerous terrorist cult has a new name, the Wound Tree. It's struck in our prisons, in our factories, in our farms, and the children of the Wound Tree claim to oppose industrial-scale sacrifice. But does its influence in fact render regular acts of worship inaccessible to marginalized citizens? Worse yet, could it hand the linger straight to the chance of victory they've been looking for? And in an era of cynicism towards divine sacrifice, how can we recap? Uh, Paige said you were cooking me a welcome lunch. Sure. Take a seat. Requests? We, uh, don't exactly have unlimited resources out here, but I'll, I'll see what we can spare. <sighs> do you, you do pancakes? Um... Depends very much on whether I can find you a trustworthy egg. Out here, seed and flesh tend to be pretty, uh, unreliable. Ugh. Something's up with that one. Oh. There we go. For much the same reasons, I'd recommend you take your coffee black. I'm, uh, aware we were at odds the last time we met, and I, um, I'm keen for both of us to address that head-on in a healthy and constructive manner. Has Paige been coaching you for this conversation? <laughs> she gave me a few pointers. She's told me a lot about you, her time with you. I think it really taught her a lot about herself. In the name of healthy constructiveness, one point. The last time we met, you said you'd spend the rest of your life hunting me down. Are you in the habit of telling lies? <laughs> These days, I find myself lying all the time. To myself a little less, perhaps. Are you in the habit of holding grudges? Do you remember my accomplice? Hayward. The one you never caught. The, um, lorry thief? Yeah, Paige told me about him. I... Love that boy like the brother I'd lost. And he turned on me to save his own skin. Hesitated for a second before he did. I mean, maybe one second. That was what he gave me. And the truly shitty thing is that even now, I can't decide. I've been turning it over and over every night, shivering in the rain. If I was ever to see him again whether I'd grip my hands around his fucking neck and watch him gasp his final breaths. Or if I'd hold him close and exult that we were both still alive, in spite of everything. <laughs> Given all that, it seems foolish to carry hate in my heart for anyone else. You can't compete with him. Do you believe in what you're doing here, Hayward? Another bad act. It might have to be pancake. Singular. Mm, the glorious revolution has a resourcing problem. Oh. <laughs> We're a glamorous operation out here. I've uh, already added your name to the latrine rota. Honestly, 
I never thought fighting back would be any kind of easy. Never was. Not for me, anyway. Such an idiotic phrase, isn't it? Fighting back. Precisely who are we fighting? And how do we hope to win? But you know what I mean, don't you? Of course I know what you mean. Yeah. I believe in what we're doing here. That's what keeps me going. It's embarrassing, really. I used to look down on people who felt like that. Here's your pancake. sacrifice world where the gods are left to starve growing up I would have got a hard slap for even raising the question of that even now seems unlikely wild impossible but making the attempt it's brave no matter how it turns out Hayward you're doing something brave here Age, though. She's unhappy. A god must feed. God must be fed. Around that simple idea, we've accumulated so many complicated cruelties. But it all comes back to that. In the end, that's the idea we have to kill. Paige looks at the mess, the complexities, the chaos of what we're building here. And it makes her think we'll never win. I just think... This was always gonna be messy. This was always gonna be chaos. It was always gonna take a hundred lifetimes or more, and it was always gonna kill us. Just look at the size of the splinter. The age of the wound. There was always going to be blood. And screaming. There were always going to be days and months and centuries when we could only conclude that all we'd achieved was a fatal hemorrhage. You still talk too much, Hayward. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to work on it. Is the pancake good? Oh, not at all. Thank you for making it. Yeah. You're welcome. I know we can't rely on you sticking around with us for long, but... I've been thinking a great deal about our next move, and... I'd appreciate your help convincing Paige that it's the right way forward. I think she might listen to you. Why won't she listen to you? Because she believes there's no hope for us. And she's not wrong to feel that way, but it's not helping her. She can't stand the thought that this thing has taken over her life and is already out of her hands, uncontrolled and... uncontrollable. I get it, I do. She's called her god down upon the world, now she's lost in the flood. Oh, like you said, she's not wrong to feel that way. No, not at all. But what was all of that pain for if we give up now? Will you help me talk to her before you go? <sighs> what did you have in mind? Hmm. Page. Thinks I'm blinding myself to the realities of our situation. It's, uh, a position I do have some sympathy with. Every day, I sit and I tune and retune this thing, because we need to hear what they're saying about us in the outside world. And it's nothing but bad news. There are so many weapons arraigned against us, Carpenter. So many angles. The blunt and the subtle, the spiked cudgel and the slow poison, we could die in flames or in a hail of bullets. 
but it'll be the stories they tell that really mean the end of us. We need someone who can tell a different kind of story. What's the worst case scenario? What if the Lingers storm the coast and begin advancing on Glottage? How many of us have to die then? Because there will be a worst case scenario, somewhere buried in the planning, a moment of absolute crisis and collapse when every single one of us becomes expendable. When all of the beautiful stories fade away, and all that's left is the glint of the knives. We need someone who can speak that truth aloud. We need an insider. That these people are expressing a real and legitimate anger. We need a defector.